0: This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 331. There is a God, and He is great. I studied and practiced law for nearly 10 years. In every legal case, evidence is vital. Evidence matters to me. I could not be a Christian if I did not believe that our faith is based on compelling evidence. There is good evidence for the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Over the years, there have been a spate of books by the New Atheist suggesting that there is no evidence for God, that God is a delusion, the God delusion, and that God is not great, the title of another of these books. Well, of course, the Bible does not try to provide a scientific proof for the existence of God. It does point to the evidence of eyewitnesses and proclaims that there is a God in heaven and that the Lord is great. There is good reason to put your trust in God. You will grow in faith as you study the truth of God's word and boldly proclaim that there is a God and he is great. From Psalm 135 I know that the Lord is great, that our God is greater than all gods. Proclaim the greatness of God. God's so good. This is the claim of the psalmist. The Lord is great. He remembers God's relationship with his people. He sees the world that God created and sustains, and he testifies to God's wonderful protection. This range of experience and evidence underpins his belief in the greatness of God. Respond to God's greatness in worship. Again and again, the psalmist calls us to praise the Lord, a call that is repeated in various forms five times in the first three verses. Praise the Lord. Lord, today I want to praise you and worship you. I trust you with my life again today. New Testament from 2 Peter 1 Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance. I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Proclaim the truth of God's word If you want a closer relationship with God, put time aside to develop that relationship. Spend time with him. As you study his word, your faith grows and your life is changed. The strength of all relationships, including your relationship with God, depends on communication. In this letter, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, writes about his faith and the faith of his readers, whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours. Your faith is precious. Grace and peace are two of the most precious gifts you can ever experience in life. Peter says that they are yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Your faith is not irrational, it's the truth. Some people today think that the Bible is full of cleverly invented stories, but Peter writes, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter is talking particularly about the transfiguration. When he witnessed the revelation of Jesus' glory and identity, he testifies, We saw it with our own eyes. A witness is a word used for someone who gives evidence in a court of law. The evidence about Jesus is more akin to legal evidence than mathematical or scientific proof. There is evidence from eyewitnesses. Faith is not irrational. It's based on what they saw. Peter asserts, We couldn't be more sure of what we saw and heard. There are good reasons to believe. Peter also reminds them of the power and trustworthiness of Scripture. The main thing to keep in mind here is that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of private opinion. And why? Because it is not something concocted in the human heart. Prophecy resulted when the Holy Spirit prompted men and women to speak God's word. The Holy Spirit still speaks through these words of Scripture. As you experience his presence and power through them, they reinforce the truth of your faith. Faith is not just a set of ideas. It changes the way you live your life. Peter explains that through the Holy Spirit, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. In light of this, he explains that you need to complement your basic faith Then Peter lists various qualities you need to seek to develop. Good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. These things will keep you from being an ineffective Christian and help you to remain strong in your faith until the end. God. Thank you that our faith is based upon the solid testimony of eyewitnesses and upon our experience of a relationship with you. Help me to grow in that relationship as I trust the truth of your word. Old Testament from Daniel 2 and 3 Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery He has asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Proclaim that there is a God. Refuse to conform to the standards of the world. Have the courage to proclaim that there is a God in spite of what others may be saying and doing. I once knew a godly man nicknamed Gibbo, who when he was young worked as a clerk at Selfridge's, the London department store. One day, when the owner, Gordon Selfridge, was there, the telephone rang and Gibbo answered it. The caller asked to speak to Gordon Selfridge. Gibbo passed on the message and Selfridge replied, Tell him I'm out. Gibbo held out the receiver to him and said, You tell him you're out. Gordon Selfridge took the call but was furious with him. Gibbo said to him afterwards, If I can lie for you, I can lie to you. From that moment onwards, Gordon Selfridge had the highest regard for and trust in Gibbo. Daniel and his three friends believed that there is a God and therefore they refused to compromise By their lives and their lips, they boldly proclaimed, there is a God. Daniel was convinced that there is a God in heaven, and this conviction underpins both of the stories in today's Old Testament passage. In chapter 2, we read of Daniel's conviction that this God reveals mysteries and his willingness to act on that belief. In chapter 3, we see his three friends willing to risk death because of their conviction that God exists and their commitment to worship him alone. Daniel was humble enough to recognize that the interpretation had been given, not because of his wisdom, but because of the grace of God. God told Nebuchadnezzar three things which are true for you also. First, all you have has been given to you by God. Second, God has placed you in the position that you are in. Third, God has made you who you are. Therefore, there's no cause for pride, arrogance, or self-satisfaction. Your abilities, gifts, and resources are all given to you by God. Daniel continued to interpret the dream. There will be a succession of kingdoms, probably Babylonian, Medo-Persian, Greek under Alexander the Great, and Roman. The key point, though, is that all the empires of the world be they Babylonian, Roman, British, Soviet, American, or Chinese, all come to an end. None are eternal. Daniel then spoke of a kingdom that will never be destroyed and will endure forever. This kingdom is based on the rock cut out of a mountain, not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold to pieces. This rock struck the statue, and became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, through the lens of Jesus, we see that the rock is Christ. He has divine origin. He's the Son of God. A rock was cut out, but not by human hands. His kingdom has seen phenomenal growth, filled the whole earth. There are now over two billion people in the world who profess the name of Jesus. His kingdom has an eternal quality. It is the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Daniel's own position was achieved not by worldly ambition, but by divine intervention on behalf of someone whose aim was simply to obey God rather than human beings. He didn't seek or crave human affirmation like the magicians of Nebuchadnezzar's court, but knew his father and sought his pleasure. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remained committed to God and were ready to die for their beliefs. They were willing to stake everything on the fact that there really is a God, and he is great. Lord, help me to proclaim to the world by my life and my lips that there is a God and that you are great. Pippa adds In 2 Peter 1 verse 5 It talks about, if we don't want to be ineffective and unproductive in our faith, we need to keep adding more knowledge, more self-control, perseverance, godliness, kindness and love. We should never be satisfied by where we are, but always seeking an increasing measure.